It is Friday, September 9th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. Wow, we ready for another baseball weekend? Plus, we are kicking off the NFL. Also, It's a busy sports weekend. I love that sort of stuff, dude. You're a sports freak, and I love that I about you. I'm excited about the NFL as well. You know, I didn't watch last night's game. It did not go my Rams way uh, at all, but that's okay. There's plenty of football left in the season. We got a lot of great baseball to talk about. Sure Some do. teams getting hot. Is my prediction back, Chris? Ooh. It might be, baby. It we'll might be talking be. about both those teams, the White Sox and the Brewers, coming up over the next 25 minutes here on the YouTube we want to thank you wherever you're consuming us, whether it's via our YouTube or in the podcast form or live on the AMP app. We love our community. Thank you very much as you're continuing to make us grow throughout the season. But let's start with stuff that's off the baseball diamond that will affect on the baseball diamond next year. Uh, MLB Rules Committee on Friday expected to vote yes on 2023 rules changes. Everything stemming from pitch clock to bigger bases to minimizing trips off the rubber by a pitcher per at bat to killing the shift. Are you excited for these possible changes and how much will they actually affect the on-field game? Shoot, we've talked about this a lot, Chris. I, I am excited about most of them. I think the pitch clock is going to be really good for the game. It just it makes the viewing experience a little bit better. It's it's mm-hmm. it's less dead time. I know some people really enjoy the dead time of the game. But I think we've gotten past that like enjoyment level. I believe with the pitch clock, even still, it you can, it can still be that conversational sport as Jimmy likes to put it. So I'm all in on the pitch clock. The bigger bases, I could care less about. It'd be interesting to go out. I'd like to get my feet on some, like turn some dull plays to see what they feel like if it does make a difference. But I don't think that's really going to affect anything. The one thing I do have a problem with is this limitation of times that pitcher can step off the rubber. Now we were kind of confused, like, okay, so you get two and then you can't pick over again. That doesn't make sense because the, the runner can just take off. But I think the rule is you can pick off a third time, but if he's not out, he gets the next base. Then why in the world so, would you do it? I mean, that's exactly, exactly, exactly. So like, that just prevents from what I just said, that you can't get off 30 feet like people used to do on, who was that, Lester? So I don't like that aspect because I do believe that impairs the game. It doesn't allow players to go do what they need to do. So I don't necessarily love that. I guess I understand what they're trying to do, but I don't think that one's going to have the effect they think it is. And I think that one might be gone. You know, sometimes they make these rules and they get rid of them. I don't like that one. And the shift we've talked about ad nauseum, I go back and forth. I was willing to sound really stupid today uh, on this take, but I kind of want to hear your thoughts on the other ones before I kind of get into that. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like I've gone long. Yeah. uh, Pitch clock. Good. Uh, I'm in favor of it. Bigger bases. I actually think it will play a bigger role than you think. I mean, how many have been bang, bang tag plays? And we all know that we could all use a few extra inches sometimes. So that could play a role. Uh, I don't get the stepping off of the rubber thing at all that one is bizarre and that actually could have could positively affect my favorite team cleveland yeah we like to run yes you know we have to manufacture runs so if they know that they can't pick back over 
that one, I agree. That one could be a one and done. <laughs> like if I'm betting on a one and done, that could be it. As far as the shift, I have been in favor of it. I know that some guys who are true baseball heads, like I saw Joe Sheehan saying, okay, you get rid of the shift. It still doesn't affect guys' ability to barrel up the baseball. So as a hitter, if you know that you're getting pretty much played straight up, how much does it affect your ability to make harder contact with the baseball? It does. I mean, that's what you're trying to do every single time you're at the plate is hit the ball hard. You can't really move the ball like people think you can. I mean, you can get really defensive with your swing and try to do it or try to get out in front. I understand those things, but really most of the time you're up there just trying to put the barrel on the ball and hit it hard and wherever it goes, it goes. I used to really value guys that could position themselves, Chris, the JJ Hardys, the Jamie Carroll's, it was a skill. Okay. And then when we started getting more and more in depth spray charts and, and having the, you know, the sheets that you bring out there, the infield positioning cards, it, it became less of a skill and more of a front office skill set. So I, I don't like that aspect of it. I wish we could go back to no paper on the field type thing. I do want to see guys go get the ball. I'd rather see that than someone perfectly positioned to be right there. That's not what I love about it. I want to see the shortstop, you know, maybe take a step over to the right before the pitch because he sees an off-speed pitch is coming or he knows you know, this guy's burying sinkers down and in. I think those two things are very different. So I think in all, I'm in favor of this shift, but I want to see how it plays out. I want to see if it still allows guys to make those decisions on their own. So for me, all these rule changes about two things, just for, as a fan enjoying the game, tempo and athleticism. And yeah. I want to see if it can increase both. Not meaning that it's not going to make the athletes any better, these new <clears throat> rules, but it will allow them to show their amazing athleticism a little bit better. I love seeing a shortstop make a diving play up sure. the middle, go to his left, sprawl out, get up, bounce up, throw. That shit is great. It could still result in an out, but at least I said I saw an amazing play instead of a guy standing right behind second base, line drive hits him in the chest. So I am hopeful. Um, and once again, I do think that we have to say, okay, it's not set in stone or after one year, if it's not working, that it's definitely not working. I think we have to accept it with an open mind. Like that's how you make progress in life. Let's see how it works. And then after a little while, if it's not working, then we kind of have to reassess. Sure. And maybe we have to fine tune some things. But I do want to see it because I think the sport can get better because the athletes, in my opinion, have never been better. I agree with you 100%. We want to see these guys go get it. Because like you said, I mean, the way we train now and the things we know about our body and performance, we're going to continue to get better athletes at this level. And I think we're going to start to draw more and more people to the sport. I really do. As these changes yep. take effect with social media, if we get the right guys to be the face of our game, we're going to start to draw more athletes. So we see, I think when you're young, what draws you to a sport is seeing something like that, seeing a Byron Buxton go into the gap and lay out for one. And you say, I want to do that. And you practice it in the pool. And then all of a sudden you want to play baseball. Like these things are important for the future of our game. Yep. So it'll be fascinating. I'm excited to see them. And I'm sure some people will be bitching up a storm, but yeah. Oh, well, probably us. We might. Let's get back to the races that we have. 
Uh, second straight weekend, it is the Rays and the Yankees, this time up in New York. Four and a half game difference between New York and Tampa, top the AL East. In your opinion, is Tampa going to make New York sweat it out at all down the stretch or nah? Is this about the closest it gets? I think they make them sweat it out, Chris. We got really? bombarded on social media because we both said, hey, the Yankees are going to go and take two of three. And it, the opposite happened. The Rays took two of three yep. with them. And now we get a Yankees team. Yeah, they beat up on the Twins a little bit, although they lost last night. But you're going in and you're facing Rasmussen, who's been nasty. Kluber, who's been really nasty against uh, the Yankees this year specifically. And they're getting Wander back. Like, this is a team that's kind of, like, going right now. I think the biggest thing I want to look for in this series is how Cash approaches Aaron Judge. We're going to really start seeing this, how careful they're going to be with this guy because he's raked against the Rays all year long. He's raked against everybody, but he's got, like, a, you know, he's been doing what he does against the Rays. And right now, if you look around the lineup, I mean, we had IKF batting fourth last night. He's batting cleanup. Glaber Torres behind Judge. They're kind of mixing and matching where they put him. I don't think it matters where they put him. Cash is going to be extremely careful with him this series. And I think that's something big to look for. Can they? Can people just take Judge out of the equation and just go after the other guys? I think they. we really might start seeing that, like even more so. For some reason, I still don't think it's going to get super close. And what I mean by that is like less than three games. Can it get, will it get down to two and a half? Will it get down to it two? Could, it could this weekend, bro. What do you mean? Well, right. I know. But look, Tampa played great last week and they still didn't sweep them. Sweeps are hard. You know that. Of course they are. like to win series. So if, even if Tampa takes two out of three, the difference is still only three and a half at that point. And that's, I guess that's my point. And by the way, if New York wins one more, they win the season series. Yeah. And that's a big deal this year. Because we don't have any more, hey, let's play it out for game 163 to see who wins the division. This year, it's all about a tiebreaker. And that can be big, right? Because if you have the second best record in the American League behind Houston, then you get the bye. And then you can figure out your pitching rotation, all that sort of stuff. So this is a big weekend for both teams. Um, we talked earlier in the week about how you know Tampa just doesn't get the respect. I guess I'm the one that's not giving them enough respect here. Uh but it'll be a fun series. It's always enjoyable. There's always little sidebars in this thing. You know, hey, we have plenty of guys that can throw 98 too. I know that was a few years ago, oh, but it's always, yeah. you know, that was it's a always quote. fun. Yeah, it's always, it's always fun between these two teams. And I agree with you, man. Is Aaron Judge going to get, how many pitches does he get this weekend? Plays three games against him. Let's say he gets 12 at bats. I know the way the Rays think. And like right now, there's no reason to pitch to him. Give me there's one none. reason to pitch to Judge. And none. I, for the fan, I hate intentional walks. That's the biggest, you know, sissy move around. I understand they're part of the game. I understand why you do them. Uh, but they're in the game. So if you're cash, I mean, dude, don't even pitch around this, dude. Just throw the four up. I get, can they do that yeah. still, right? That's it. Throw the four up. Do your um, you? finger calisthenics. Yes. I told you that the other day. I yelled at everybody. I said, if you want to continue to lose ball games, you will pitch to Aaron Judge. If you don't, you'll do this. You know, we, we yes. talked about that, and people are like, you know, he strikes out a lot, too. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I don't give right. a shit, dude. All he has to do is put the barrel on the ball, and it's gone. That's That's the pace he's on right now. So just... 
it, it's smart to just not pitch to him, people. Yeah. But also pitch to him because we want to see him hit 65. I told you that the other day as well. <laughs> I'm a thousand percent with you. Okay. You know what time it is? It's time to tell people about Vincero Collective. This is VinceroCollective.com. It is the best place to get yourself mm. a good look and watch like this. I can't even, I have a hard time putting this because I'm so inflexible. <sighs> is this good? There you go. That's a, That's a nice watch on you. It is. In fact, you know what? We had back to school night for, for Braden Rose last night. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be on time. So I wore my watch, walked around campus with it. And I had it just a casual outfit, like nice shorts, nice shirt. That was it. But if I want to go out this weekend with Michelle, if I want to go kick it and really get dressed up, guess what? I can wear my Vincero collective watch. That is the cool thing. There's three words that pretty much come to mind with their products. Stylish, quality, versatility. That's what you need when you're accessorizing with your wardrobe. That's what it is all about. Okay? This is a company that is based out of San Diego. They also make high-quality and affordable sunglasses, jewelry, and oh so much more. So if you're one of those people that is a little timid about adding accessories, if you haven't been a big jewelry guy, if you haven't been a big watch guy, and Neither of us have been that. Mm -mm. Go get this. You'll feel good. You'll be like, yeah, you know what? It complements your outfit perfectly. Because whether you're trying to go out on the town and kick it with somebody, or you already have that somebody special in your life, you want to feel good. You want to feel confident. You want to feel like a made man from head to toe. And so that's why it's all about VinceroCollective.com. And on top of everything else, we want to save you money. Mm. So go to VinceroCollective.com. That is V-I-N-C-E-R-O collective.com. Use the code word today. You're going to get 20% off and free shipping site-wide. Go do it. I'm not kidding. They've also got a five-year guarantee, 365-day free return policy. They got you covered. Got it? You know what? We're always truthful about these things. If these were like watches that we didn't like, we would say that. They're very, yeah. very high quality watches. I was impressed when I when I took it out of the box. I was like, I can't believe how nice this dang thing is. Let's get back to the standings. The American League Central. Oh my God, the last few weeks of the season are just I'm gonna be up pacing every day. My Cleveland Guardians lead both the Twins and the White Sox by a game and a half. Cleveland is at Minnesota this weekend for three. Chicago continues its series out in Oakland tonight. What are the standings going to look like when we get back to work on Monday? I have no idea, Chris. How could you ask me something like that? Okay. <laughs> Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. I do, I do know that the White Sox are in Oakland, right? And it's, it's a four-game set. So they've already won game one. Okay? Yeah, I boy, think – Boy, did they win. I think you got to book – a three out of four for them, right? And then I would someone say that they might win, win, lose one, and and then someone's gotta, you know, win this series between the Guardians and the Twins. So the White Sox are gaining on somebody. The pitching matchups in the Guardians Twin series are really good. Guardians got like their guys going for them. They got Quantrill, McKenzie, and then Bieber, which is nice for you. Uh, the season series has been really tight between these two teams. I don't know what's going to happen in that series. But I do know the White Sox are going to take care of business. They seem to be getting hot a little bit. The offense has been coming around. Like, I am I am kind of 
happy with myself that I, I gave them that little death sentence because it rose them from the dead. And here we are. And I God, think like, I'm feeling guy. good about my prediction. So as a, as a, I've said this before, but Clevelanders are 90% scar tissue. We just are. We have been through an awful lot as a sporting community. And this weekend might be another tough one. So if they lose this series, let's say, let's say they just get one. And let's say Chicago gets two more this weekend. Then the standings will look like Cleveland, then Chicago, and Minnesota will each be a half game back by Monday. And that could be insane, and it could be very probable. I am hopeful that Cleveland wins the series, gets a little bit more breathing room, or at least keeps pace with where it is right now. Here's the thing to watch in the Cleveland-Minnesota series. Twins actually lead the season series so far. They've only played 11 games because they've got eight coming up in the next 11 games, which is going to be crazy. There's a five-game series next weekend in Cleveland. Um, they're actually, so, they're actually Chris, before you start, Twins are down 5-6 in the series. Yeah, 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 my bad. Cleveland yeah. leads the series 6-5. All six of Cleveland's wins have come in their last at bat. Really? Think about that for a second. Their last at bat, they have won the game. There's been some times where they've been down major and they come back and put a crazy number. It's been an insane series. So if you're just, if you don't have a team that's in the fight right now, or if your team is comfortably ahead, a la the Dodgers, a la Houston, and you're looking for a good series to tune into, watch the last three innings every night of Cleveland and Minnesota. Okay. Look, I mean, when you got Bieber throwing the way he's throwing and he got him for the last game, your cushion game, you got to feel pretty good about your chances to win a series. With Quantrill and McKenzie on the bump for the first two, I think it's Bundy and Archer, and I don't know if they've decided is it going to be King Louis V? Because then that's a, that's a matchup we're going to have to look for. I I feel bad. I'm always kind of talking negatively about my twins, but I I kind of feel like this is a Cleveland series, and uh, I'm hoping that for you, but I'm also rooting for the Thank twins. You. Well, you can't do both. I think I can. No, I'll, I don't I'll be happy can, if it actually. happens. I, I, I'll be happy if Cleveland takes two or three. No, you. And won't. I think that's probably going to happen. But I'll, I'm rooting for the Twins to do it. How about that? I'm okay but, being sad sometimes. See, I'm I'm not, but I'm used to it. Uh, as Giolito always tells me, he's like Chris. I, I always tell him how difficult it is when he pitches against the Guardians. And he goes, "It shouldn't be. You should be rooting for them to crush me." And I said, "But Lucas, I like you. Like your family, your John Boy family." He goes, "I understand that." But it's okay. He's okay with it. I found that fascinating. He's okay with it. So these last few weeks between Cleveland, Minnesota, and Chicago, I know that it's not a good division. I get it. I understand that, like, the Baltimore Orioles might still be leading this division if they were in the AL Central instead of the AL East. I get that. But with so few good division races right now, enjoy it, baseball fans. This isn't bad baseball people just because the records aren't there like there are some excellent baseball players in this division and you know what it wouldn't shock me if whoever wins this division goes and wins a playoff series too like this is this is how it's how it works in baseball i know it i know one other quick thing miguel cairo seven and three is tony larusa's replacement this year larusa might be back for sunday i think dave stewart has like some sort of retirement ceremony up in oakland that would be a big thing for LaRusso to be at. 
I will say this. I saw a quote that Cairo has been applauded for his communication skills. Is it? Do you think there's any possibility there's certain guys in that dugout who are like, Tony, go take care of yourself. Talk to you later. I don't know if it's going that far, but I mean, as, that's fun for us to think about. I love Cairo's great. I used to play against him all the time. Um, he would talk to you on the field. So I understand why, like, he'd be a really good communicator in the clubhouse as well. Just something to think about. Okay. Just something to think about. Don't be so mean. Come on, man. No, no, no. Hey, listen, I, I know I feel like an asshole because Tony LaRusso has been battling some health issues, but that is part of the baseball narrative here. And of you, course, of you'd course. be remiss if you didn't bring it up. Man, I, I think you, you want to know the truth. Feel yeah. bad for Tony right now going through health issues, but I think they're probably better off if he wasn't there. Maybe he just came in and gave him a nice speech one day and then just walked back out. The Milwaukee That's Brewers me. have climbed to within two and a half games of the final wild card currently held by Philadelphia, which is sliding a little bit. Is Milwaukee actually back in this thing? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they, they, I don't think they've ever left like the wild card hunt. I know we've been down on them for a, a few series here and there, but like they've been within striking distance of a playoff spot the entire season. Now the division is gone. They coughed that thing up, and that is crazy to me. But, you know, there's some some things happening for, for the Brooker. I mean, Yelly's, Yelly's hot. Hits the big-ass homer in Colorado, five or 499, excuse me. He wanted the extra 12 inches. I actually talked to him. Did I tell you that I talked to him? And he said, mm-hmm. just like a young Trev, yeah. yeah. Still yeah, feeling that. the second time this week you told me that. <laughs> you know I like to, you know, boost myself every once in a while. It's okay. Yes, um. Corbin Burns was nasty last night. They get they win two against the Giants in a doubleheader. They have momentum, and I think it was really interesting. And I didn't know this until I looked at the schedule. They play a lot at home. Uh, you know, uh, twenty going of forward. their last twenty six are at home. That's really That's a nice ridiculous number. You know, I, I look as I look around the league, leagues. We go to schedules, the schedules a lot, and I see like the results and whatnot. Most of the time, when you're looking at teams at home, I mean, they're playing like. 550 to 600 ball at home that's just how it goes Mm -hmm. you know you you tell yourself you want to play 500 ball on the road that'd be great most teams don't do that so the brew crew at home with that crowd the crowd's going to be rocking there i just feel like that has a great story and a great narrative them just rolling off and having a great craig timber month i think 100 percent they're back in this thing they do have it i'm i can't say it yeah i can after playing Cincinnati this weekend, their next three series are St. Louis, New York, New York. Oh, I said it. I didn't want to because it doesn't matter who you're playing right now. <laughs> you keep, keep telling, telling me it doesn't myself. matter. <laughs> I know. Here's what does matter. Their pitching's gotten thin. It's really gotten thin. I know. Peralta left yesterday early. He's probably going to end up on the injured list. They're trying to downplay it and say, well, he could be back by the end of the season. Man, it's been such a lost year from him. Lauer's got a bark and elbow. We don't know where that is. Uh, Ashby's not back yet. If they do, if they end up getting one of those three wild card spots, it'll be impressive, very impressive. So, so you think you they're you think they're out of it? No, I no, I don't think they're out of it because weird shit happens with other teams, man. You know, Philly had that game last night. They end up losing to the Marlins after they kind of taken it to Sandy in the early going. Yeah, who knows what happens with the Padres they're up and down so 
Yeah, there's three teams. Padres, that I don't Padres know are going in and playing uh, in Los Dodgers. Angeles. Yeah, that's that's it's not good for home. them. It's actually, oh, it's at in San Diego. It doesn't matter. By the way, you know what's interesting? They could get a rain out there tonight. Yes, we're looking for, I'm looking forward to that big time tonight, Chris. I'm like, I'm like doing rain dances outside, bro. We need it. Yeah, but I don't want to see a rain out. Do they even have a tarp? <laughs> Probably not. They have, I know the Dodgers even have air conditioning down there. Yeah, that's air true. conditioners. Yeah, that's true. All right, last thing. Um, so the White Sox beat up on the A's last night, and NBC Sports Chicago in their post-game show, took a shot at the A's broadcast booth. This is Chuck Garfine and Ozzie Guillen. Give a listen. Uh, we noticed NBC Sports Bay Area, they have a different duo. They've got, well, we're going to show you, Dallas Braden and Glenn Kuyper. <laughs> I think I Braden looked like a, I think Braden, Braden looked like a homeless guy. I, as I see that man on the street, I can hit a couple bucks. Here, buddy. <laughs> Have a great one. Yeah, I mean. Why Ozzy doing our guy dirty like that? I mean, that's pretty funny. But what what is this show they do? They have a, can we get a laugh track on this show? Are you kidding me? Like, well, if no we wonder, said something funny. No wonder Ozzy thinks he's funny and says ridiculous stuff. He has a laugh track to back up everything he says. That's ridiculous. I don't know. I thought. I like Dallas. I'm on, I'm team Dallas here. Okay. I think he I clapped too. back on a, on a tweet saying like Ozzy Guillen looks like he ate Ozzy Guillen. Ozzy got a little bit too much right here. And I know Dallas is in great shape. And I think, you know, why not? What's just John boy media. We do a lot of stuff here. We produce sports. We do floorball. We do blitz ball. We can get in the boxing game, the celebrity boxing game, Ozzy Guillen oh, versus oh. Dallas Braden. You're you know the announcer. Called- you know who called the first two editions of Celebrity Boxing? Yes. We got you. We're I here. did. I'll be the Dude, ref. Let me, when I tell you that was the most bizarre thing I've done in the history of my career, and I've done some crazy shit, that was unbelievable. Dude, I had – in the second one, we had Refrigerator Perry against Manuke Bowl. Oh, my God. We had the late Dustin Diamond – against forget who it was the first one we had barry williams who played greg brady in the original brady bunch the tv show going against danny bonaducci who was in the partridge family now keep in mind bonaducci used to go to a gym and he like was a trained fighter barry williams was just this actor and they were wearing headgear they had to convince him to come out they paid him i forget what it was 30 40 grand to come out and fight he was terrified of Bonaducci because he knew Bonaducci was nuts and wasn't going to take it easy on him. Bonaducci hit him so hard in the head, even though he was wearing headgear, Barry Williams' eyes rolled back in his head. I saw it before he hit the canvas. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I was like, you're going to get people killed here. It was insane. Uh, dude, no joke. Joey Buttafuoco was there. Okay. He was fighting China. Remember her? Yeah. Passed away. Uh, Ron Jeremy was there uh, cheering Joey Buttafuoco on. It was the biggest freak show I had ever been a part of. And you were like, why would you perfectly in, didn't you? I definitely didn't. I was like the total straight man. Everybody's like, why would you do that? 
Sid. Well, let's do it then. Look, we we got a warehouse. What's the purse that we can offer these guys? That they do it hundred grand a piece, sell pay per views. Let's do it. It was insane. It really was insane. What do you have coming up on John Boy Media? Uh, right after this, going to do the series recap edition of Talking Baseball. We'll be live on our YouTube page. Uh, so go check that out. You, Chris, what you got, man? Eric Swanson is the uh, Mariners reliever. He is the latest guest on the Chris Rose rotation. Funny guy, very dry sense of humor. Mariners fans, you always clamor for more content. You want people talking about you. Well, here we talk to him. And guess who I just interviewed before I hung out with you? Ooh. I'm going to give you some hints. Ready? Okay. Because yeah. I haven't told you this. No, you haven't. You Very much still in the baseball game about 15 years after he retired. Okay. Um, former all-star, one-time all-star. One of the tallest players we've ever had. Okay. And... Do you have any guess now? Yeah. Corey Hart. No. Although, mm. very impressive beard game. No hair on top these days. God, and I don't he know. Played a... Last clue is he played a very prominent role in the offseason. In this offseason? I don't know who you're talking about. Just give it to me, baby. That's right. Tony Clark. Oh, wait. I did know that. Oh, you didn't know that? Okay. I did know that. So, Tony Clark, uh, it was a fascinating discussion. I will tell you this. Uh, I've known Tony a long time. Uh, haven't had the interview, the opportunity to interview him one-on-one before. We did cover, obviously, a bit of what's going on in, in his world, both Major League, Minor League, where we're going, where we've been. But we, you know, I wanted to introduce people to kind of Tony Clark and who fascinating career. Number two overall yeah. pick uh, behind Chipper Jones in 1990. Ended up after signing with the Tigers, playing three years of college basketball at the University of Arizona and San Diego State. A great basketball player. Great basketball player. A ton of great stuff, man. So that's coming out on Monday. That's awesome. He, he doesn't he doesn't get interviewed a lot. You know, and as the head of the MLBPA, he's got a lot to say, and he's got—he's very obviously involved in the game. And you know what, Chris? I set that interview up for you, bro. You're the best. Woo! You're the best. Now it was—it was really good. I think—I think people will enjoy it. I think it's I think good so to get too. to know some of the big players. Yes. So, there you go. Uh, that'll do it for at least the YouTube and the podcast version. We always appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you so much. Have a good, safe sporting weekend. There's a lot going on out there. If you want to join us live for a discussion, just download the AMP app on your iPhone. We're there every day from 1130 to 1230 Eastern. For our outstanding one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke and Trevor Plouffe, I'm Chris Rose. We'll see you Monday on Baseball Today.